The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Our guest in studio today, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. How are you today? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. It, it doesn't quite feel like summer just yet, though. It's it's getting know. it's getting there, though. It, it is getting there, but it's been pretty cool, I think, so far for this year. Yeah, let's. Uh, I, when that humidity is at like 946 percent, we'll 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 be longing for days like this. Yes, I, I agree 100 yeah. percent. So, so what all is happening within the city? What's the latest? What's new? Uh, we've got a council meeting uh, Thursday. So, or tomorrow night, um, there's several different things that are on the agenda. The Broad Street redevelopment plan that you know you and I have talked about. Final reading on the impact fee that uh, the council has voted on. Uh, lots of, I mean, lots of things are happening inside the city. Um, lots of road projects that continue to go on. So, it's been pretty busy. Uh, we're finishing up our our budget. We've gone through public hearing, first reading, no tax increase. So you're you're seeing that the city services will, will continue. Uh, we did have an increase on our trash solid waste fee. And that's, you know, something that we're continuing to try to get to where solid waste with the uh, the pending landfill closure is is something that's you know going to be expensive so we're trying to ease in into that i always get a lot of questions on that fee we pick up roughly 55,000 cans per week but one of the things that you do have to take into account that the majority of all of our commercial businesses so small businesses in town with the exception of the downtown area they pay for their trash service already. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, why not raise property taxes to cover cover that amount? But, you know, you raise, for example, the building we're sitting in, you pay 40% of your assessed rate. Residences, residents don't pay that. It's a, it's a smaller portion. So raising taxes on small businesses for a service they don't get there, there's something that doesn't seem seem right about that. So there's there's lots of intricacies with what we're dealing with with solid waste, but you know the council's taking a lead on on hopefully getting some of those things they, those things situated. I think we can, Scott. You've you've heard me say this on on my soapbox, and you know I, I watch all the county meetings trying to keep up with what's going on. But I think it's safe to say that the majority of our community thinks having a landfill the size of what we have right now. With 70% outside trash come in, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about the existing count, the old county landfill, and, you know, Republic is is lobbying hard to be able to take over that airspace to be able to create a new landfill on top of the old landfill, and I always appreciate the dialogue and working with our county partners, but I just don't see how allowing another landfill to be permitted and bringing in more outside trash makes any sense for Rutherford County. I've heard different stories, different people saying, well, the landfill's going to be another 100 feet tall. Yeah. I've heard some people say it's going to be a lot wider. Yeah. What really is happening with the landfill? What are we going to see? Over these years, Scott, 20 years of doing this, I've completely lost my political filter. And so, you know, I've watched the interviews that 
the media blitz that Republic has been giving. I give credit to Mr. Klassen. I think, you know, Mr. Klassen has come in and I think he's trying to work on things. He seems like a very smart individual. I would say he needs to be a politician because I've watched uh, his interviews and he is definitely working on the sales pitch for Republic. I think where we are, and I would like to think, Scott, that if you went back 30 years ago, the 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 elected officials who made the decision to create Middle Point in its current environment would go back and say that was not a good decision. I mean, I, I would have to think that someone would say a mega landfill next to our water source for the community is probably not a good idea. It was a cheap idea at the time, but I don't think anyone backing up 30 years had the insight to understand how much Rutherford County was going to grow. And I don't think they had the hindsight to be able to say that BFI would sell to Republic. Republic would turn that into a mega dump where 70% of the trash coming in was from Metro Davidson County and other areas that we would say, okay, yeah, that's a cheap alternative, but that's probably not the best alternative for our city and for our county. So, you know, what I would tell to any elected official that's going to be making this decision moving forward, do you want people to look back 30 years from now and say, okay, we allowed another group to take over and permit another landfill on top of an old landfill and look back and say, okay, yeah, that was the cheap thing to do, but was it the right thing to do? You know, I think we have to do everything we can to protect our, our resources, specifically our, you know, our drinking water. And that's, that's something that we've been concerned with and will continue to protect. The last time the landfill folks were on the air with us, I believe it was last month, they talked about a renewable natural gas facility being there on location or, or building that. I don't know if there's anything that is concrete with that idea. Have they filed any paperwork um, to I, do so? I do know that they came to the city to ask for sewer for the facility, and I was not involved in this, but it's my understanding that the city declined sewer for that facility. I mean, look, we smell it frequently. There's a lot of gas in that facility that comes out of that landfill, so you know, I'm in favor of them figuring something to help take care of that. I mean, that's one of the things that the city's looking at with our new solid waste proposals that we're working on is being able to, it's called RNG, Renewable Natural Gas, that we can help do that with some of the things in the future. So I think, I mean, I think it looks like it's on the right track. That's that's where the industry is headed for some of this. You know, the landfill creates a massive amount of gas that comes out of that landfill. That's why you see the flares. You know, that's why we've contended and have empirical data that shows that some of those that gas that comes out is not being burned off by flares. That's why you smell the landfill. Applaud Republic if they're doing something to be able to help that that situation. Again, Mayor Shane McFarland for the City of Murfreesboro on the air with us this morning. If you have any questions, if you would, text those in at 615-893-1450. Again, 893-1450. You can text us throughout the program. Now, going back to the whole Broad Street Redevelopment Project, I know there was a, a workshop, a city workshop, I guess it was last week. Yeah. Where do we stand with all of that, and when are they going to start tearing down, for example, the old police department? So I met with the developer. Developers. I was not at the meeting last Thursday. I was out of town, so I met with the development group day before yesterday um, just to share some concerns that I have. Um, Scott, I think the downtown area is something that's ever changing, and I think downtown real estate and you know people wanting to be in the downtown area that's really changed over the last ten to twelve years. I mean, people want to be downtown. I mean, my business has been downtown since two thousand eight. 
the downtown redevelopment for Broad Street is, you know, basically all the frontage along Broad Street and all the frontage along Church Street, where we're sitting right now. You know, I think they're working through the process. My, my main concern is I think we should say when we do things right, and I think we should say when decisions we made that didn't turn out the way we expected. One East College Street and the developer that bought that, they've not performed like the city had expected them to perform. And so, you know, my concern is, you know, having a project announce and want to go through and proceed and then not do anything. That is what I relate to them. I'm extremely frustrated and disappointed in the development group at One East College. Um, we went through an extensive selection process to be able to select the developer to go through and develop that downtown block. They went through, got everything approved, then, you know, COVID hit. And so the excuse at that time was, well, you know, COVID hit the bank financing because of COVID. No one's wanting to finance a hotel. You know, since that time, there's been excuse after excuse after excuse on why the project is not proceeded. And, you know, just to be honest, I, I don't trust anything that I hear. And I, I'm not the one dealing with the development group on that. But I think the entire city staff is extremely frustrated with One East College. And, you know, my concern is that One East College, this project downtown turns into that. So that was my big concern is, you know, what assurances that we have that a project like this would, would perform. I'm not going to be for multiple projects like this downtown. I don't think we have the ability to be able right now, the job base to be able to create the amount of housing that they're talking about downtown. But at the same time, this Broad Street Development Project is showing a HEROES program, which is something at the city we've been talking about, where you're giving discounted prices to be able to buy affordable housing for police officers, for firefighters, for nurses, for school teachers. And, you know, I think that's a positive. So I do think what we see so far, I would be, you know, in support of the concept. But, I, you know, as I shared with them, I want to make sure that when someone says they're going to do something, that they follow through with it. And with affordable housing, house prices are already high for those who grew up in Murfreesboro. They see the prices as high. Now, somebody moving in from another state probably don't see the prices as high. But recent mortgage rate increases and lending increases and percentage rates, I'm sure that has got to kind of slow down some of the growth. Yeah, I think it already has. You know, I think the current inflationary market that we're in right now, it costs so much to buy land and to put a lot in the market. You know, say that a lot is $100,000 and as expensive as it is to build right now, you can't build an affordable home under four fifty. I think that's an issue right now. You look at the reports that the city sends out on how many permits are being pulled, but then you also look at the inventory that is out in the community right now. The inventory is at an all-time low. So when you have low inventory and you have a high demand, then prices go up. And that's where we are right now that um, it is extremely hard to find, you know, in a, what, what I would call an affordable house in Murfreesboro. I mean, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago, you could buy a 22 to 2400 square foot house for $350,000 and that same house now is in the low 500s. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with just how expensive it is now. You know, I'm in that business. So I think most people think that just because the prices have gone up that everybody's making a whole lot more money. And that's just not the case. I mean, it is, you know, you're seeing things from two years ago that are double and almost triple in cost. And that 
just like the impact fee that we've talked about, ultimately that all gets passed back to the customer. And that's something that, you know, I think is concerning. I do think, Scott, programs like the HERO program where you're allowing maybe more density to a developer to offer affordable housing for police officers, firefighters, nurses, and teachers, I think that's what the government should be doing. I don't think you want the government getting involved in manipulating prices and manipulating the market. I think there's multiple examples over the last 50 years where when the government gets involved in the market and setting prices and things that it just turns out to be a disaster. With this Heroes Housing that is being proposed to be a part of this whole project in the Broad and Church Street areas, how many dedicated single-family residential addresses will there be? I think it's a, it's a condo setting, and that's the catch-22 when you have a condo setting and then you also have a multifamily setting. You know, you have to find out how to mesh all those together because someone who's buying a condo doesn't want to be around a bunch of for-rent product. So, you know, I think the number that I was told, you know, would be in the 40-plus units that would be, I mean, it's a significant amount of the overall project. You know, my guess is if that group had much more demand for a for-sale product that people wanted, then they would much rather be able to sell those units as opposed to have them on the multifamily side. And I think that's what's disappointing, you know, with the One East College project is that that's what we thought was going to happen. You know, there would be some condos downtown. I mean, I think you need people living downtown. People living downtown brings jobs. It brings retail. And you think about overall, a lot of our small businesses in Murfreesboro are located in the downtown proper area. So, you know, that's what we thought. And I think this has the opportunity to be able to do that. Plus, you also have to look at how that coincides with the Town Creek um, project that's getting ready to get started with a pedestrian bridge that goes over Church Street, and then that goes into that bottoms area to work on all of that. Now, moving back to that one East College project where First United Methodist Church originally started, there was at some point where we started hearing stories about people who say, well, I've already purchased into one East College, and they're going to be building my townhome or condo space yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. Are you getting any word from people who maybe have said, I, I already bought into this one of these college, but it's no, not even being Yeah, built. I don't think, I think that maybe people had been put on a waiting list is what my understanding. I don't think anyone had put money down, but I, I don't know. I've not been involved. The council went through a very extensive process, public hearings to be able to select the developer. I can 100% tell you that if I knew three years ago, four years ago, when we selected the development group that we have now, I, I would be a moron to vote to select that group knowing where we are right now. And so, you know, I think our city staff is going to end up working with them to try to come to a resolution to figure out where they are. Um, but, you know, Scott, I don't I don't know right now. I know that's something they're working on. I, I am meeting with a group in the next several days just to um, share my dismay of of where we are. And, Scott, I mean, I think you don't hear an elected official say this very much, but, I mean, I'm embarrassed that we went through the process. And we went through the process, I say, open because we wanted to be able to protect that area. I mean, that, 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 that block inside the city was extremely important. I mean, I'm questioning now in 2016 if I would have made the same decision as opposed to letting the private sector buy that block. 
if the private sector had had bought that block then more than more than not i would say that the church would not be there now they would have torn that church down but again i told you i've lost my political filter i'm not telling you anything that i won't tell the group if i were sitting across from them i'm embarrassed of where that project is right now i'm frustrated i'm not frustrated i'm just mad and i think the majority of the city council is mad i think the majority of the planning commission is mad and you know at some point it's either do what you said you're going to do or go away and i think that's where we are i can imagine if we had too many projects like that that were stalled all of a sudden you would have a bunch of vacant land or half-built things sitting around well i think you know i think comparing that project to a project in nashville is apples and oranges because nashville has projects downtown going everywhere we don't have that Uh, that project would be one of the largest well probably the largest project to ever take place in downtown murfreesboro and so i think just it's sitting idle for so long to think that the community and people aren't watching what's happening there is is asinine for the developer to think that people are not frustrated to see why something's not not happened so you know i think it's a black eye on the community right now that that project has not started again i i take responsibility i voted for that developer but i'm mad as hell about it just that they've not performed along the way every time that we're told something something else happens and so i'm tired of excuses and i i want it either start the project or again go away when you look at projects in downtown nashville i think folks in nashville there's been so many downtown projects completed that yeah they don't really get excited about stuff anymore but in downtown murphy's bro you've got tons of small yeah. businesses merchants who are out there working hard every day and they hear about this new project and they do get excited yeah and i mean i think what the frustrating part is again i'm not telling you anything that i'm not i get asked this question every time i'm on here because bart always asks me where one East college is <laughs> and I mean, if you're a development group and we can't even get you to cut the grass, then that says a lot about where you are. And and I think that's frustrating that if that were my project and I'm working diligently to try to get it done, you can bet that I'm going to make sure that that block that is high profile downtown is maintained to the to the absolute utmost. And when the city has to send, you know, city gets complaints that like, hey, you're not weed eating around the church. You're not cleaning up. Your fences are falling down. Your signs. And I mean, have they cut the grass yet around the original church? Yeah, I think it has been cut. That's just the point that you want to ask for variances and things to be worked on. But you've not done what you're supposed to to be able to warrant that and i think that's where i am on it right now again with us today murfreesboro mayor shane mcfarland and uh, we got to take a short break but when we come back laverne right here in rutherford county they recently announced that they were going to do another census count because they felt that they were i think four thousand citizens behind of where they thought they <coughs> should have been upon the most recent census and i'm, I'm curious if murfreesboro feels that numbers were left off here as well so we'll maybe touch base on that in just a second but again murphy's bro mayor shane mcfarland with us today you can text your questions to us at 615-893-1450 
the Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. All of the proceeds that we generate from our store goes directly back into the ministry for those programs that Greenhouse has. So we would just encourage people to come out and take a look. The Garden Patch offers competitive prices on name brand clothing, furniture, large appliances, household items, toys, and more. Shopping at the Garden Patch helps Greenhouse Ministries inspire, give hope, and change lives. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We're at Adam's Place talking with Walt. I'm enjoying it here. It's nice to get acquainted with a lot of people. There's a great social life at Adam's Place. They provide lots of entertainment. I like to play cards, and there's quite a crowd here that plays cards. I enjoy Adam's Place very much. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adam's Place. Call me for more information about Adam's Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.42. Again, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland in studio with us this morning. If you have questions for him, you can text them to us at 615 615- 893-1450 and uh, one of the questions asked was about the area around the avenue and the new townhomes and I believe even some standalone houses in that area uh, approximately how many will be built how many apartments will there be how many condos and any idea on how many people will be there yeah I mean um, they're working on the site work that's the clary park area i can't remember the exact count that's out there you know some of those are talking about being age restrict or age targeted for senior living so clearly those groups wouldn't have i don't think they'd have kids they may have grandkids so that's a project that is moving along i was at a, a meeting the other day that senator bill haggerty came and talked to us a lot of those projects it's easy to do the development work right now but the vertical construction getting financing for a lot of those projects right now with some of the things currently happening in the banking industry is extremely tough. You know, when you've got interest rates at eight and a quarter, eight and a half percent, projects that used to look very good are not good anymore. And so I think that's something that they're continuing to look at. So, but, you know, once the project's approved, I think that's a great example of a project that came to the city, showed exactly what they were going to do. It was a very stringent process. If you remember, that project got turned down the first time. 
um, they made adjustments to the density and to the total number of, of units, and then they've immediately started. So, you know, I think you'll start seeing things. I'm not for and haven't been for some time any more apartments in the city except, you know, for that gateway area. I think it's done. There's no more property now that can be zoned for, for multifamily or for what they call mixed use. But I just don't think you're going to see any more apartments in Murfreesboro. We have a couple of text messages here. The first one, it says, East Clark Boulevard, right past the MAPCO. There is a very bad spot on the road, uh, apparently on the shoulder of the road on the right side of it. It says needs to be fixed, and it's been a bad area for 10 years. So I'm not exactly sure if there's a pothole out there. or So East Clark... East Clark by the Mapco gas station. By Mapco gas station. Then another question here brings up a recently built apartment complex in nearby Wilson County that was four stories tall, completely framed out of wood. And they were asking if any such structure would be allowed in Murfreesboro if someone wanted to build a four-story apartment complex or townhome project made out of a wood frame, I guess, as opposed to steel. I mean, I would think if it meets the the building codes and the fire codes, then that would be allowed. I mean, the city doesn't get involved in international building codes. I mean, so that's what, I don't know the project they're referring to, but, you know, my guess is the city would not allow anything to be built that would not be either architecturally sound or meet fire codes. So I would be willing to bet that that is sprinkled i mean so that building you know can be sprinkled you really don't see anything in murfreesboro greater than four stories but i know you typically will see most you know residential and multifamily units will be built out of what's called stick framing you know wood wood materials now apartment complexes and i'm assume, assuming townhomes as well they have to have some type of firewall or a burn wall in between each. yeah so every unit each individual unit, specifically townhomes, you have a firewall on both sides. So you'll end up having a firewall on one unit, then you have a gap in between, and then you have a firewall on another unit. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard. One of the questions we were asking right before the break, I know in Laverne, they are talking about doing a, a new count of the citizens because they believe that the last census was about 4,000 shy of how many residents they really expected. Here in Murfreesboro, do we have a ballpark idea of how many citizens are here? And do you think the last census count maybe left off? 4,000 plus people yeah. here. So the uh, Sam Huddleston, the assistant city manager, just sent me a text. He's he's listening, so thank you, Sam. But it looks like the city's anticipating a special census later this year to pick up population growth that we may not have counted in 2020 when the actual census took place. As Sam states here, each person is over $100 per year in state shared revenue. So that that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand that census, a lot of the revenue that the city gets is based upon our population. And the main reason to be able to count how many people you have, it goes into congressional seats, it goes into a lot of different things. But as far as we're concerned, that number directly relates to how much funding that we get to the city. So, I mean, that could be a couple of million dollars a year that we would get until the next census takes place. So the estimate's somewhere around $250,000 to conduct a census, but that's pretty cheap money if you're getting an additional $2 million a year. If I remember the last census that happened in 2020, that number was like 151,000. If I had to bet, I would say we're closer to 165 now uh, is what our population would be. But census numbers are really tough to get now. 
part of that is because, Scott, I'm probably like you. I don't want someone coming and knocking on my door if they're not invited because you just don't know now. I mean, as a matter of fact, I even had a resident about 30 days ago ask if we could enact some kind of non-solicitation ordinance that people couldn't come and knock on your door to sell things unless they were invited to do that. And so there's this distrust in government and being counted now that is really tough to overcome. And so that's why in 2020, or the last time we did a special census, we used our firefighters would go around into subdivisions and knock on doors. So I think that's something that's uh, yet to be seen. There's not been anything that's been presented to the council yet as far as funding for the special census, but I, I would anticipate it's pretty common that in between census dates that you'll do a special census just to be able to figure out exactly where you are. And I would say more so now because that last census count was done during COVID and yeah. the whole pandemic. So I, I'm sure the numbers are way off. I yeah, guess. I mean, I like I said, if I were to guess, I would say that we're a whole lot closer to 170,000 residents than we are 155,000, residents. Another question we have here was about the road that leads to Costco, asking if that yeah. road is going to be extended fairly soon. Yeah, because they've, they've started construction. Okay. So the construction of the BZ Road Bridge is underway. It's like your kids, right, Scott? You don't, you don't have favorites on any of your kids. That's right. Right. But... <laughs> Uh, man, we have such good good employees at you know at the city. But man, Chris Griffith is a is a rock star inside the city. I, man, he's just humble. He Chris is the executive director that deals with engineering and deals with a lot of our road projects. And so, like for example, a lady emailed me Saturday that she was really concerned that this BZ Road project, the bridge that goes over Stones River, is going to shut down the portion of the Greenway, and she rides her bike to work every day and. So, man, Chris and Nate Williams immediately jumped on that. Chris met with a contractor, came up with a way that only if it's going to be a safety issue during construction days, they're going to keep the greenway open. So that road is underway and moving forward. That road, BC, is the one that goes in front of yeah. Costco. So BZ goes in front of Costco, and then it sort of meanders along the interstate back to where um, the Armory Outpost and Lazy Days, I think is the name of the, the RV dealership. And then that road goes over Stones River and connects to River Rock. And so people will say, why are y'all doing that? And I don't think it's a big debate that the intersection at River Rock and Cason Lane, where the Old Time Pottery sign is, is one of the absolute worst intersections in Murfreesboro. And there's nothing you can do to that intersection. I mean, besides go back and ridicule who designed that 50 years ago. I mean, that is that's just a horrible intersection. And so what this road will do is allow people to be able to get to the interchange at 99 and not have to go through the Cason Lane, Old Fort Parkway area there. So, you know, at, at this stage, and I hope this makes sense, you have to find better routes and build roads to keep people away from those interchanges, give them different alternatives to be able not to have to go through those areas. And so that's what this road will will do. Eventually, this road, you'll have the bridge over Stones River. Then you actually will have another bridge that goes over 24 that will connect on the other side of 99 and where Malloy Lane is, where Rich's Food is there. So you'll, you'll also have another way to get over 24 and not have to go to the 99 interchange. So, you know, what we're trying to do is go through and figure out you know, different routes to be able to get people around the city. Another big item that I know has been in the news a lot is the impact fee here in Murfreesboro. Questions about how that's going to work. What's that going to do to commercial growth and residential growth? 
so I voted for the mechanism for the impact fee. I didn't vote on the amount just because the industry I'm in, I don't think it was it would be right for me to be arguing what an amount, you know, the amount would be. So the, the number that the council agreed to is $2 a square foot being phased in. Again, our guest, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. And that impact fee schedule ended up passing on Thursday night. And the cost on the impact fee for single-family residential addresses starting July 1st of this year will be $1.50 per square foot. That impact fee will then increase to $2 per square foot starting July 1st of 2024. In 2025, on July 1, the price will increase to $2.50 per square foot. To give you a better idea of what that impact fee will look like, if you're building a 2,500 square foot home starting July 1st of this year, the impact fee will cost $3,750. In 2024, that fee will go up to $5,000 for the same 2,500 square foot home, which is $2 per square foot. In 2025, the cost to build that same 2,500 square foot home will be $6,250 or $2.50 per square foot. And again, that is a one-time fee. There's a high number for multifamily. I think the number is like $7,000 per unit if you're pulling a permit for an apartment. Then there's also an impact fee for industrial and commercial. The one thing that the council did vote on is that, you know, look, if somebody's going to come in and provide a large job opportunity, I don't think you should penalize them for an impact. They're actually helping. They're, they're providing a positive impact by providing jobs. So there's a mechanism where, you know, the city staff can recommend to council abatement on a, an impact fee. You know, Scott, any municipality or county that relies solely on a one-time revenue source like an impact fee, it's extremely cyclical. You know, so that you go back to 2008 when no one was building houses or, or projects in 2008, and if you're relying on that impact fee, you would be broke. There's better ways, in my opinion, to be able to handle the situation because ultimately if we raise property taxes for example and you're raising taxes on a commercial business well if you're paying more in rent because your landlord's paying more in taxes that that cost is passed down to the landlord who is going to pass that cost to the consumer if your rent is more in a commercial say you're a restaurant and your rent is more then you're just going to raise your prices ultimately it's this funnel that any impact fee or any revenue increase just gets passed down to the consumer. And so I think you have to be careful when you do that because um, ultimately, you know, it, it, it ends up hurting um, affordability. And with the subject of apartment complexes, now with this impact fee, if you were to build, for example, a, a 200-unit apartment complex, it would cost an additional roughly $1.5 million to pay for that impact fee just to build your apartment complex. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I, I think I think the impact that apartments have on the community is way more than what a residential home has. You know, I think promoting homeownership in our community is a good thing. But, you know, I had this long conversation this weekend, and it was with a family whose son is a aerospace engineer, and he's in his mid-20s uh, living in Virginia. And they talked about how his career path is he wants to be able to move all over to be able to at some point get to NASA. And so they're like, look, he has no desire to buy a house. He wants to rent. And I think that's what you're seeing now with the, the younger generation that they're okay with 
not owning a home right now because they want to be able to have that freedom to move from place to place to place. And that, you know, that's something that has changed. You know, it's like, Scott, something that's changed. People don't want huge yards anymore. I have a huge yard. I love my yard. But that's not what a lot of the of younger people want. They don't want to spend their time mowing mowing grass. So I, I think trying to adjust to a good mix of that is going to be something the city will continue to, to struggle with. There are very few huge yards in uh, Murfreesboro anymore to begin with. No, you're like. well, that's why I think it's important to make sure that we have our parks we keep investing in our parks and recreation system again mayor shane mcfarland on the air with us this morning and uh as we close out today if anybody has any further questions simply contact murfreesboro city hall i guess that yeah be the best no, you place. can always email me yes mcfarland at murfreesboro.tn.gov i try to respond to every single email even if i am being called some horrible names. horrible names <laughs> i mean social media is an interesting place now so it, it really is yeah you never can tell what you're going to read there yeah no no doubt <laughs> i i Whenever I want to feel bad about myself, I just log on to social media. Good feeling right there. Scott, appreciate it, man. All right, man. Take care. Time right now, 9 o'clock. News comes your way next with Ron Jordan.